Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to Episode 2, Season 2 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we are going to combine our areas of expertise in the world of medicine uh, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and baseball analysis. Joining me again for Season 2 here is uh, Aaron Berger, who just finished his physical therapy schooling and will be sitting for his physical therapy boards this July. And I am Dr. Brandon Bowers, physical therapist who's been with you for both seasons of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball co- podcast. Aaron, it's been a couple of weeks since we have recorded. What's new on your end and uh, how have things been going? Oh, hey, man. Uh, things have been going really well. Uh, graduated from PT school last Friday, so I uh, got that under my belt. Uh, just settling in, got a little summer job, uh, studying for the boards, and everything's good here in Western PA. Yeah, how about you, man? How, how are things going with you? Things are good out my way here in central Ohio, obviously busy at the clinic and it's almost summer school's getting ready to let out. So it's a good time of year. Uh, one other thing that I will mention, I did see on Twitter that you posted, that you accepted your first job. That's exciting. I did, man. Yeah. Big weight off the shoulders. It was, it was nice. Uh, we were talking one week, we go back to, uh, to school a week before graduation, just talking to everybody, um, kind of scrambling around for jobs. It was definitely nice to know I already had something in my back pocket. Don't have to worry. One less thing to worry about, really. Just got to pass the boards now, and then uh, then we're good to go. That's awesome. And uh, for the listeners, where, where will you be working? Uh, I'll be at Fox Rehab. So it's uh, older adults, 65 and older. Um, I'll be working at an assisted living facility, kind of keeping the, the residents, keeping their balance up, just keeping them very functional within the space they're in. Um, and then also I'll be making home visits to older adults over 65. Uh, kind of just keeping everything functional. Uh, people over 65 still like to do fun stuff. So I, I, I like that population for sure. It's very, very rewarding. That's great. I, I remember I was at a, out at CSM a couple of years ago. And for the listeners, that's the National Physical Therapy Conference. And, and I talked with some people from Fox. Now, is Fox strictly 65 and older or do they cater to younger individuals as well? It, yeah, it's 65 and older. So they, they're uh, the owner, Tim Fox. Uh, really, really focuses on ageism and kind of how we look um, at older adults, like over 65, and we tend to underdose them as clinicians. Um, we don't think they do as much um, as they really can. So uh, that really just spoke to me because I, even as a student, I just really like challenging my older adults um, because they have to be just as functional as us, just to a less lesser degree. Sure. Um, you know, they still have to do everything that they have to do during the day. So we definitely can't overlook that that uh, that age bracket there. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure the listeners and everybody here at the Fantasy Doctors is very happy for you. They got that, that first job under your belt. Uh, transitioning here from 65 and older to guys that, who are a little bit younger and Major League Baseball players, a guy who used to be on your Pittsburgh Pirates, Aaron, is Tyler Glassnell, and he's dealing with a bit of a forearm strain. 
He is. He's absolutely shoving this year as well. Six and one this year before this injury uh, with a 1.86 ERA and 55 Ks. Um, just a side note here, his, his curveball, Brandon, if you've seen GIFs and videos of it. it yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. It, it puts your jaw to the floor, really. And also, <laughs> I saw a thread from the, from, uh, the MLB with uh, they were doing a Twitter poll uh, between the, the Diamondbacks and the Rays with their throwback uniforms. And uh-huh. I'm all in on bringing all, of the, all the purple uniforms back. Just uh-huh. sign me up. I love it. I'm all for it myself. <laughs> I love it. So, anyway, we're going back to Glass now here. He was removed from the start on May 10th against the Yankees. Um, they did an MRI after the game. Luckily for, for Glass now, there was no ligament damage in that elbow. Um, but like you said, Brandon, he's dealing with a forearm strain. So, that f- the flexors of the forearm and also the pronators, um, they kind of they add a little bit of dynamic stability to that elbow joint, um, kind of checking the, the ligaments as well, the, the UCL which uh, we'll, have to be, we'll, be, we'll have to be talking to our listeners about some special guests that we're having on uh, in the near future here with the Fantasy Doctors MLB podcast. Um, but yeah, the, the flexor pronator group kind of helps to add some dynamic stability to that elbow, um, kind of checks that UCL, like I said. Um, Glass now was placed on the IL on May 11th, and the strain was described as mild, but he's expected to miss four to six weeks, um, probably closer to six. I was looking at some articles um, online and the average time to come back from a forearm strain is 42 days. Um, so that's, we're looking about six, six weeks there. Yeah, I mean, the, a young guy who's obviously pretty dynamic and I mean, good news that the UCL wasn't involved that ulnar collateral ligament, but definitely when we're dealing with the forearm and the kind of flexor pronator strain and pitchers, uh, usually it, it takes a little bit longer than shorter. So I think you're right on the head there with that six week return to play timetable. Buster Posey for the San Francisco Giants since we last recorded Aaron actually sustained a concussion was placed on the IL and has made his return so just going to briefly hit on this Um, he had a concussion that he sustained on Thursday May 9th was subsequently placed on the seven-day concussion IL which is specific just to head injuries Uh, and then he was activated just eight days later on Friday May 17th and played the very next day on May 18th he went two for four with a double and he's, I mean, really been heating up as of late in his last 15 games. He's slashing 300, 333, and 540. So he's been doing big things here for the Giants. Obviously, a catcher that can take some rigors there behind the plate and sustain that concussion, but he is back in action here for the San Francisco Giants. Absolutely. Somebody who's not quite back in action yet, Aaron, Jose Altuve went down with a hamstring injury relatively recently. What can you tell us about him? He did. On uh, May 10th, he was, he was going, uh, he was legging out an infield single. Uh, reach for the bag, and that's that's it. That tends to be the most um, the most common mechanism mechanism of injury in baseball for hamstring strains, right? They're, they're reaching out for that first base bag, trying to get that extra inch, and you see them coming up, grabbing the back of their leg. Um, prior to this, Altuve was hitting 243 on the year with 21 RBIs, nine home runs, and an 801 OPS. Um, like I said, this was on May 10th. Um, initially, the Astros thought it was no big deal, but he missed the next game. Um, he was placed on the IL on May 11th. Um, he was eligible to return on Tuesday, May 21st, um, but that won't happen according to Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. Um, as I was talking about the hamstring injury before, there's, there's three muscles that make up the hamstring group, right? You're not going to look at a, at a muscular model and find, find a muscle that's just called the hamstrings, right? There's, there's three different muscles that make up the hamstring groups, um, and the, the, the hamstrings are they're responsible for flexing the knee. Um, but in sports, they're also very important for decelerating, and that's often how it's injured, like uh, like reaching out for the for the first base bag. Um, as we know, we have three different grades for strains: one, two, and three. 
Um, this, this sounds more like a grade one, uh, kind of a, a, a mild partial tear. Um, grade three, that's a full, full rupture. Grade two, that's more of a serious partial tear. Um, and then grade one, where it's very minor. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, Brandon? You know, really with the hamstring strains, most often time we do see this mild strain in, in severity, a typical, we're looking at two to four week return to play timetable. But I mean, for the listeners out there, you see anybody who has any kind of soft tissue injury, be it a hamstring, a quad, um, maybe a calf, is once you sustain this injury the first time, your, <clears throat> your risk for re-injury significantly increases. So um, it's important that these things get rehabbed correctly the first go around and make sure that that muscle is now able to accept that load, able to perform that deceleration uh, so they have a, a lower risk of re-injury going forward. So he'll be back hopefully without complication here before too long, but definitely something as the year progresses to keep an eye on to see if this thing happens again. For sure. Felix Hernandez, King Hernandez, or King Felix as they call him out in Seattle, was diagnosed with a shoulder strain and placed on the 10-day injured list on May 13th, and this was in his pitching shoulder. It was later revealed that it was actually an injury to his lat, uh, which is an injury that we, we sometimes see in pitchers. Uh, they, the team had mentioned that they're expecting him to miss four to six weeks. That was as of an update on May 14th, and he had not been yet throwing as of May 18th. So, I mean, he really had not been pitching well so far this season. He started eight games, and in those eight games, he had a record of one on four and an ERA of 6.52. So he was getting beat around a little bit. Not the typical Cy Young caliber Felix Hernandez that we've seen in years prior. Um, when we're dealing with these lat injuries, Aaron, as I'm sure you know, um, they can be really finicky for these types of pitchers. When we have any kind of tearing to the lat, if it's managed conservatively, typically uh, the literature shows that it takes about 100 days to return to play. Uh, if we are looking at a, a surgical intervention in this type of situation where the lat is surgically repaired, it takes up to 140 days on average. So the team's had six weeks here to start. I don't anticipate he'll be throwing anytime soon uh, as this injury occurred on May 13th. So we're just a little over a week into that uh, timetable here. Uh, so I, I would project him to be back, some, back somewhere around the all-star break, if not later. Uh, but anytime we're dealing with a lat injury, especially in a pitcher, uh, can really cause uh, uh, some big problems. Yeah, just the forces on the shoulder, that, that lack, and just to, from the repetitive movement. Yeah, definitely not a good one for a pitcher to have. But we also would like to say congrats to King Felix on reaching 200, uh, 2,500 strikeouts. So congrats to him. It's not all bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if there's something he can put his feather in his cap, uh, I mean, I'd say, I'd say that's it. 2,500 strikeouts is a pretty, pretty great accomplishment. There you go. Heading over to New York, our favorite team here, Brandon. I, I don't, you know, I don't think after F. Scott gave us some uh, razzing on Twitter about our most recent episode about all the Yankees, I only think we have a couple in the lineup tonight. So hopefully this yeah. suits his fancy a little bit better. <laughs> this one's a little bit older. Uh, Miguel Andujar initially injured his shoulder on March 31st while he was driving, di diving back to a base, excuse me, um, diagnosed with a torn labrum. And the next day he was placed on the 10 day IL. Um, like I talked about last episode, Brandon, um, that, that labrum that kind of extends from the, uh, the glenoid there, which is the, the, the socket part of the ball and socket joint of the shoulder, um, just helps add more surface area to kind of keep that, that humerus within the socket along with the rotator cuff, just adding some stability um, to an otherwise unstable joint. Um, anytime you get that labrum, in a, so, so Andujar plays third, so that's a lot of, a lot of heavy force coming from the arm from, uh, from across the diamond. Um, just something to look out for there, just positionally wise. Um, 
initially they wanted to rehab the shore, rest and rehab. Um, so I think he, he, he did PT, all the rehab stuff for about six weeks. Um, he was activated from the aisle on May 4th. A little Star Wars shout out there. May the 4th be with you. And he only went three for 24 during the nine games that he played whenever he came back. So certainly wasn't certainly wasn't lighting it up whenever he came back. Um, he ended up heading back to the IL on May 13th. Um, an MRI was redone to that right shoulder. Um, and it was reported that it looked identical to the first MRI. So it didn't get better, didn't get worse, which is good. Um, but they ended up going with a surgical route. Uh, and Duar underwent successful surgery on May 20th to repair the torn labrum and was therefore placed on the 60-day IL. Um, should be ready to go for spring training next year. Uh, we're looking at a four to five month return to play here for Andujar. Um, but yeah, unfortunate there for, for a very good young talent for the Yankees. You know, it really is. And I mean, it's, it's fortunate that he's a position player because I mean, we've seen time and time again, pitchers who have shoulder surgery, just the outcomes aren't good. And it's not that the surgery doesn't take, it's just the velocity and the force and the stresses that are placed on the shoulder after a shoulder surgery are just so great that it really is tough to come back. So there's a good chance that he'll be able to come back and contribute at a high level. You mentioned the four to five month return to play timetable. So 2019 is out uh, and then he'll have a full off season to gear up for spring training. So again, an exceptional young talent that you hate to see them go down uh, and he should be ready to go by the start of 2020. Most oftentimes uh, on May 18th. So that'll shut him down for the year. And we're looking at about a 12 to 18 month return to play timetable. So if we look at 12 months from now, that'd be next May. But if he's on the longer end of that, there is a chance, Aaron, that he does miss all of 2020. Yeah, that tough blow for the uh, for the Cubs there, or for the White Sox. Uh, White Sox, wrong Chicago team. Yeah, they're, they're talking about the <laughs> South Side, not the North Side. <laughs> so uh, what about Zach Greinke? He had a little bit of an injury scare as well. Zach, yeah, it was a little bit of a scare, but thankfully we have some good news to report. Um, he pulled himself out of, out of his start on May 15th against the Pirates, uh, threw a great game against the Buccos, seven and two-thirds innings, a shutout ball, just totally wheeling and dealing that night. Um, definitely concerning, though. He had, a, he had an oblique strain in 2016 that kept him out for quite some time, um, so he understood the concerns for the D-backs. Um, he underwent an MRI on Friday, came back clean, thankfully. Um, then the next day, he threw a scheduled bullpen on Saturday, um, and the manager over in, over in Arizona told, uh, reported that he would make his scheduled start Tuesday. Um, anytime you're dealing with an abdominal strain, you kind of worry about a sports hernia. Um, I'm sure that's what you were thinking thinking as well, Brandon. Yep. Uh, but those can be those can be pesky little buggers, and they, they tend to linger around. Um, usually treat, treated non-surgically at first, but sometimes they do have to get uh, under the knife and treat them surgically. But thankfully for for Granky here. Um, seemed to avoid any damage, and it was just some some abdominal tightness. Um, he's re- he's returned to form this year so far, having a pretty good year. Six and one with a two seven eight ERA and uh, a sixty two K to eight walk ratio. So he's really good. really good off this year. Yeah, absolutely. A couple late adds to our uh, list here of, of new injuries. Andrelton Simmons, we talked about briefly uh, before we started recording here tonight, uh, sustained a grade three ankle sprain last night uh, for the Angels and was placed on this 10-day IL. Uh, grade three injury, you mentioned grade three injuries when it comes to muscles. and I mean, the same grading system occurs when we're talking about ligaments here. So grade three ankle sprain means that he has complete tearing of uh, one or more of the ligaments in his ankle. 
Um, if he may have to have surgery, the team has not indicated that yet. He was supposed to be seeing a specialist either today or tomorrow to determine an adequate return to play timetable. If it's the, the ligaments that are on the outer side of the ankle that we typically see with an inversion sprain, sometimes that's managed with something we call a brostrum procedure where they will go in surgically and kind of, uh, put, I mean, for lack of a better term, a, a string kind of on the outside to re kind of string everything back together and tighten up the outside of the ankle. So the team hasn't indicated whether or not surgery is going to be required at this point, but he's undergoing further testing at, at this time. Uh, and I wouldn't expect to see him back anytime soon. Yeah, those, those grades, grade threes, that's tough. Uh, you, you also have to worry about any bone, bone damage uh, from the ligament kind of tearing. Um, just making sure there, there isn't any bone bruising. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they've done imaging to uh, either confirm or roll that out. Yeah, and at the Fantasy Doctors, we actually have a couple of uh, orthopedic foot specialists, so be sure to uh, tune into our website and our YouTube channel as well, uh, where those guys will have in-depth analysis of this injury. One more injury, uh, Aaron, that I did not put on the list that I'm going to spring on you here real quick um, is Joanna Cespedes. Did you see what happened to him uh, last night or the night before? I, I saw F. Scott talking on Twitter about it. Um, but so, something about on his farm, he already had a heel surgery that he was healing from. No pun intended there. Didn't even mean to do that. Um, but yeah, get, did he fall off a, a non-horse is what I saw? That's, you know, that's what I saw too. He was recovering from those two surgeries to remove calcifications on both of his heels uh, on the right and on the left. But apparently, uh, I'm on ESPN.com right now, and it was a non-horse that he fell from. And apparently, it says he had a violent fall in which he stepped in a hole and put his, he his leg and foot in a difficult position and broke his leg and broke his ankle. And it sounds like from what our uh, very own Dr. Salim Parekh was saying as the, the fantasy doctor, it sounds like that he may have broken his leg in multiple locations. And so... Mm. Artie was recovering from these other two surgeries, one on each foot, and now he's got this. So, I mean, I'm, pun intended here, a tough break here for Cespedes and the Mets. That's tough. Our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to F. Scott. The, the New York Mets are just – I feel bad for the guy. You, you really you hate to see that. You know, it, it is tough. I mean, it's been miserable. And I mean, switching sports as a Browns fan, it wasn't until last year that I just had to endure misery as well. So F. Scott, if you're tuning into this, uh, we feel for you. And hopefully your Mets can uh, be relevant again sometime soon. And I, I don't just a little sidebar. I don't mean to shove, shove any salt in the wound. Um, but F. Scott is also a Knicks fan and they did not get the number one pick. So oh, my goodness, I just I, the guy can't catch a break that Dr. Feel over there. He really can't. Uh, speaking of, of people who can catch a break, uh, moving to some injury reviews from our previous episode, David Price for the Red Sox was dealing with elbow tendonitis. He was placed on the IL back on uh, May 6th, retro to the, the 3rd of May. He was activated two weeks after he was placed on the IL on May, tw on May 20th, and he did start. He didn't make a rehab ass ass assignment or rehab start, which I found a little bit surprising, but uh, his start went as good as expected. Uh, he was on an innings count. He was either going to pitch five or six, and he did just that. He went five with four Ks and no walks. Um, and I believe one or two or, or one, or, one or two runs allowed. Uh, so he's back for for the Red Sox uh, without any significant limitations right now, and he he figures to fix right back into that Red Sox rotation uh, without any limitation. And they're, and they're hot. Don't look now. The Red Sox are back. Unfortunately for the rest of the AL, I you believe know, so. 
And it seems like we're covering uh, our baseball teams for all of our docs here at the Fantasy Doctors. Uh, Dr. Jesse Morris is a big Boston sports guy, uh, so I'm sure he's happy about that. And then he's got his Bruins uh, in the Stanley Cup final here. So it's always a good time to be a Boston sports fan and not so good of a time if, if you're a fan of anybody else. They don't have any down years in Boston. It's just you know they. <laughs> they, they, they really don't. I think I saw a stat that since 2000 or something, uh, their, their four sports teams have played in 18 championships. I think the Bruins make this now 19. So, I mean, it's, Come just, on. Oh. it's just not fair. And it's a winning culture that, that nobody else can seem to shake. That's, that's a staggering statistic there. I don't, that one hurts. Going back to James Paxton, we talked about him two weeks ago for the Yankees. Um, dealing with some knee inflammation. MRI was negative for ligament damage, which is always a good thing. Um, placed on the aisle on May 4th, another Star Wars shout out there. Um, he's been throwing bullpens with no issue. Um, although he did tell reporters he does feel some discomfort. His goal is to feel nothing in the knee, um, obviously. Um, but the next step for, for Paxson is throwing a simulated game. And the word on the street is he might not even need a minor league rehab assignment. He's just going to do some simulated games and they're going to throw him back out there. Um, we're expecting him to be back at some point um, next week, actually. So that's good news for the Yankees to get another starting pitcher back. That's excellent for them. Uh, I mean, they, they went out and got him to be a key cog in that rotation, and he's been on the shelf, but it sounds like he should be back sometime soon. Uh, just looking back over the show outline, that puts our Yankee counter so far at two. Um, so we'll <laughs> see. We'll see where that ends up. Uh, Stay Corey, tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Corey Kluber, uh, what, who was previously the ace for uh, my Cleveland Indians. Uh, there's obviously a, a host of other good pitchers in that rotation, but he was struck by a line drive at the beginning of May on his pitching arm and had a non-displaced fracture of his ulna, has been casted ever since. There was an update that came out from the team yesterday saying that he's going to have updated x-rays performed on Thursday. So two days from now, that'll be on May 23rd. And if appropriate and adequate bone healing has occurred, he's going to be transitioned to a removable splint at that point in time. Um, he still has a long road ahead of him. If the bone isn't completely healed, he could remain casted. Uh, so be on the lookout for that update on Thursday. If he is able to move to the splint, he'll be able to be in some kind of more formal rehab to work on regaining that strength in the forearm and the wrist, who's really going to have, have gone downhill since he's been in this cast. So nothing really to report in terms of a new update on the actual status of the bone healing, but we'll have uh, new news with regards to that on Thursday. That would be big if you can get into that removable cast just to be able to get some of that range of motion and strength back early. I think that would be really good for uh, Mr. Kluber there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the saying is also true, Aaron, and you know this, is if, if, you, don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. And, and mm -hmm. in that case, that's, that's true here. He's been in a cast and that arm's been immobilized where he hasn't been able to use it. So the, 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 the tone through that forearm and the, and the risk musculature, which is very important to pitching, has significantly gone down. So getting into that removable splint would be huge. Yes, sir. We're going and back to New York, New York, with Giancarlo Stanton. Um, as, as we talked about last episode here on the Fantasy Doctors MLB podcast, he sustained a uh, biceps tendon strain. Um, he was placed on the IL on April 1st. Um, shortly thereafter, got a cortisone injection into that left shoulder. Um, I was talking last episode about the long head of the biceps, how it attaches up at the, um, up at the shoulder joint, actually. Very, very important stabilizer for baseball players and um, inherently inherently related to labral tears um, if you've heard of a slap tear that involves usually involves the bicep tendon um, anyway he was diagnosed with a left shoulder sprain on may 14th while he was rehabbing 
this biceps tendon um, strain, sprains, strains. You'll learn it all here on the Fantasy Doctors MLB podcast. Um, he had a rehab game with high A Tampa on May 20th, and he had a very Giancarlo Stanton game, went one for three with a bomb and two Ks. So he's right on his way back. Um, that was yesterday, May 20th. Um, and we could probably expect Stanton back um, within two weeks from today, which is the May, May the 21st. Um, once he gets some more live pitching in him, they're going to keep him uh, keep him rehabbed, and uh, hopefully he can get back for the uh, for the Bombers here soon. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It just seems like with the number of players that the Yankees have on the IL, they could almost field their own team uh, <laughs> of injured players. A big name here that everybody has been coveting to hear more and more about, Shohei Otane for the Los Angeles Angels. Had ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction in October of 2018. When we were recording the show two weeks ago, he was being, re- being reevaluated the next day, uh, and he has been able to return uh, from that injury. He, now he's not able to pitch yet uh, because that, again, as we mentioned earlier, is about a 12- to 18-month return-to-play timetable. So he won't pitch for the Angels in – in 2019, but he has returned to DH. He's played in 12 games, has two home runs and eight, eight RBIs so far, and I think he's hitting somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 or 260 so far. And you had texted me earlier in the day, Aaron, that he sustained an injury last night as well as Angels fans yeah. held their collective breaths. He was hit by a pitch on the on the hand. Thankfully, x-rays were negative. He'll probably have some bruising, maybe uh, maybe an outline or, or bruising of the, of the laces of the baseball in his hands, uh, but he's not expected to miss time with this hit by pitch on the hand. Great news for him. That, that, that must be tough to – being a two-way player like that, this is a whole different dynamic. We talked about that two weeks ago. Um, but just how much time he's spending at the facilities probably, rehabbing his UCL, but then he also has to do all the pregame stuff. You know what I mean? Like as a position player, he has to be there for BP, but at the same time he's doing PT, rehabbing the UCL um, so he can get back to pitching. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot to manage. And I, I would presume he's, he's spending the bulk of his day at the facilities, making sure he's getting his rehab in and staying on course with the pitching side of things. But then, like you mentioned, once BP rolls around, he's got to be getting the game mode and, and get on that side of things. So he's a professional yeah. athlete and has a lot of time on his hands. So I'm sure he's figured out a way to manage it just fine. Definitely. Yankee counter number four, Aaron, what do you got? Here we go. New York, New York, Q, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce, New York state of mind. We're going to Luis Severino, another starting pitcher for the Yankees. Um, started off with some rotator cuff inflammation like we were talking about two weeks ago. Um, scratched from his Grapefruit League start on May, on March uh, 5th. Um, came back from that. Uh, he was throwing, long tossing. Um, the rehab wasn't quite going how he wanted it to. They did, an, did another MRI, um, and they found a grade two lat strain for Severino. Um, I told you two weeks ago that um, – Brian Cashman said Severino wouldn't be back until after the All-Star break. Um, same is true. No, no news on Severino, so we'll see him after the All-Star break likely. Um, and hopefully the Yankees will be full go by then. They can get everybody back um, and really make a push for the AL, um, AL crown, challenge the Cubs or whoever's coming out of the NL this year. Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier, too, you, you mentioned that grade two latch strain that falls into that conservative bucket of uh, 100 days on average for a return to play timetable. So you said after all, all-star break, that should be right on, on par with things. We've seen the likes of Noah Syndergaard come back from this injury previously. So definitely very, very uh, realistic that he's, he's able to come back, but it won't be uh, before the all-star break, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the last guy here on our old injuries list before we move to a couple of new segments here on the show. 
dealing with a hamstring strain that initially started bothering him at the end of April, and he was able to resume, again, Star Wars reference. May 4th was when he was able to resume baseball activity. We got to cue up some sort of music or something with these all these references here. Maybe just like some lightsaber sounds. Yeah, we, I'll, I'll see what we can work in here. Um, he started playing extended spring training games as of May 20th is where things currently stand. So he is getting closer now that he's actually performing some game action. And I think it's very realistic that we see him over the course of the next couple of weeks. Right on. New segment here, Aaron, and this one's all yours, and I'll take the next one. Uh, we're adding a waiver wire column and a waiver wire ads here to the show to assist you with your fantasy baseball team. So I'm going to let you take that away and uh, let you fill in the listeners on, on what we think is best here. Yeah, all right, let's give this a shot. I'm going to give you two position players and two pitchers that might be might be uh, being uh, underlooked by some of your, your league mates that you might be able to find and sneak into your lineups. Um, obviously, first guy here, um, I really like this guy. Austin Riley for the Braves. If you can somehow get him on your team, uh, last time I saw he's owned in about 48% of leagues. He's a number five Braves prospect. Um, he's been up for six games so far, absolutely laying it up. If you can find him, just go grab him. Um, in six games, he's batting 409 with three home runs, six RBIs, and a 1.29 OPS. Uh, just killing it down there with Ronald Acuna um, and Ozzy and all those guys down in Atlanta. Um, a pitcher that I really like, um, kind of a bull. Not the most exciting pick here, uh, but he's, he's always there. Is Kyle Gibson for the Minnesota Twins, um, owning about 38% of leagues. Uh, didn't start so hot this year. His first three starts were definitely subpar, um, but his last five starts, he's 4-1 and one with a 2.73 ERA and a .94 whip. Um, and don't look now, but the Twins are kind of good this year. Last, the last power rankings I saw, I, I think they were like number three or something like that. I'll so tell you what. I tell you what, being an Indians fan, I'm well aware that the Twins are good. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm worried. Yeah, I, you never know with those with those Twins over there in Minnesota. Um, another pitcher here for the LA Angels, um, definitely a coveted prospect out there in LA is Griffin Canning. Um, so far this year, he's a 3.80 ERA with a 1.08 WHIP, two wins so far, and a 27 27.6 K percentage and a 19.5 K to walk ratio. Griffin's really slinging it out there in LA. Um, they're, they're getting healthy out there as well, the Angels. Um, definitely a tough division there with the, the Astros. Um, but you never know. Who, who cares? It's fantasy. We don't care about, about the real standings. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> fantasy championships. Yeah. And then another guy over in Minnesota that I'm sure you don't like, Brandon, is Miguel Sano. Hate him. Right? Hate him. Had a, had a great 2017, and he's actually coming back from an injury. Um, so if your league mates don't know that he's coming back from an injury, go, go ahead and take a flyer on Miguel Sano. You definitely could do worse. And that's, that's all I got for the, for the waiver, waiver wire ads there. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully these, uh, these recommendations uh, can help you uh, gain a leg up on you. Or and you- I am not, I'm not held liable for anything, all right? Let that be known. Exactly. Don't hold Aaron, Aaron Berger underscore PT liable for anything. You give him a hard time on Twitter for it, but uh, it's not his fault if it ends up being the wrong decision. I love it. Uh, the, the final new segment of the show that we're going to do tonight is uh, a little this day in baseball history, Aaron. I, I poked around on the internet and, and found three, three things that I found to be interesting. Uh, going all the way back to 1943 for this first one. This was at Comiskey Park, um, and it only took one hour and 29 minutes for the White Sox to defeat the Senators that day. 
uh, one to nothing. And the, the, the length of the game was 89 minutes. And that oh, holds wow. the record for the quickest nine inning game ever played in the American league. That's crazy. Considering today's uh, length of game and the whole debate when we need to speed the game up, that, that's, that's unreal. I mean, everybody's complaining about pace of play now, but you, you look at this. I mean, do you want a fast game with, that's one nothing that doesn't have a whole lot of action, or you want a game that lasts four or five hours that has multiple runs? I mean, I'll, I'll take the four or five. Give me exactly. Four. I mean, you played college ball. I'm a baseball traditionalist in, in its truest form, and I've loved the game since I was a kid. So, I mean, I prefer a longer game with more action than, a, than this one nothing 89 minute affair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. 1997, Roger Clemens on, on this day in baseball history, May 21st, uh, en route to 354 career victories on, on this date. Uh, 12 years ago, he picked up his 200th win. Uh, he tossed eight innings uh, in the Blue Jays' 4-1 win at Yankee Stadium. He was 34 years old at the time, and he was the first pitcher to reach that milestone as a member of the Blue Jays. So one of the, one of the best to ever toe the rubber, Roger Clemens hit his 200th win on this date just 12 years ago. Just a gunslinger. Just threw it hard. You knew it was coming. You just couldn't hit it. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's what made him so good. Um, and a little bit more recent memory here, Aaron, the last member of the This Day in Baseball history, again, May 21st in 2013, Mike Trout actually became the youngest player in the American League to hit for the cycle. He went four to five, or he went four for five, and the Angels beat the Mariners 12 to nothing. I don't know if you know how old he is right now, but do you have any idea how old he was in 2013 when he hit for this cycle? 2013. Give me 19 years old. A little young. He was 21. Uh, I mean, both, both I think are equally impressive. And he's, did, did I see, did I see a stat that he already has 250 something home runs? I think he does. Um, I mean, he's on a, on a toward pace and it just doesn't seem like he ever has a bad year. Consistency. That's, that's all he is. It really and is. It sounds like you're looking that up real quick. So I'll, I'll pause here while, while you verify that for us. <laughs> What do we got here? Yep, 250. There it was. I, I thought I saw that on Twitter. That's right on crazy. The, right on the money. Um, before we wrap things up here, hopefully uh, you've, you've stayed along with us and listened to the whole show. Uh, we're going to give you a little teaser here for something to look for later in the season on the Major League Baseball Fantasy Doctors MLB podcast. And that is we will be joined by the Tommy John, who is Major League Baseball pitcher, and his son, Dr. Tommy John, to discuss the youth injury epidemic uh, Tommy John surgery and why they hate that it's called that, uh, as well as whether or not youth actually athletes should specialize in sport early on. So that'll be at some point later in the season. I'd anticipate maybe sometime around or, or shortly after the all-star break, we had them on last year and they were an absolute pleasure to chat with. They've got a lot of great information and we look forward to having them on. That's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for that. Brand. Yeah, it's going, going to be, be great. It's going to be a great time. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show here, Aaron. Uh, it's been a blast here for episode two. Uh, we're going to blink and the season's going to be over and we'll have 10 or 12 episodes underneath our belt. So this is episode two in the books. Aaron, do you have any final thoughts? Man, it's been, it's been another good episode, man. Um, just, yeah, really looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to go quicker than I think we realize considering the, how fast it's already going. Um, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts. All Everything's right. Everything's been, uh, been, been good. Hope, hope everyone's teams are doing well. I hope, we, I hope we're not talking about your players. I think that's the goal of all of this. You should, right? Everyone wants a healthy team. 
That's, a, that's, that's the truth. I mean, anytime we're mentioning any of your players, uh, it's not good news. So with that, be sure to follow us on Twitter, the fantasy doctors at the fantasy DRS myself at BL Bowers 12 and Aaron, as we alluded to earlier at Aaron burger, that's two A's <laughs> burger spelled like the sandwich underscore PT. Uh, and have nice things to say though. <laughs> yeah. And he, remember he is not held liable for any uh, poor predictions that he had here for the wave wire column. <laughs> Uh, the Fantasy Doctors website we mentioned earlier as well, www.thefantasydoctors.com. All sorts of great content on there from our team of physicians and physical therapists. Be sure to download us and review us on iTunes. And with that, that is episode two of season two in the books. We'll talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.